Welcome to 12 Minutes of Dauntless Commentary on Widely Unaccepted Truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. A couple years ago, I wrote two spoken words highlighting two people this time of the year, both of who at certain times were highly recognized and valued and then put them in a different environment and it seems like their worth disappears. I want to share those spoken words with you today. The first one is about Joshua Bell. It's January 9, 2007. A full house audience in Boston's own Symphony Hall anticipates an evening of soul-stirring, heart-touching classical music performed in perfection. To get in the doors required a minimum of $100. You can feel excitement in the air. They're about to witness the breathtaking beauty of music carried through the air by passion and interpretive genius. Joshua Bell takes the stage, brilliantly talented, internationally recognized, a renowned musician, and acclaimed performer. These are but few words to describe this violin virtuoso. With precision he plays, delivering each note with everything in him. He gives it all to the people who've come to listen and appreciate his musical talents. The violin he holds would be valued by some, even treasured by others, but it's priceless to him. Handcrafted in 1713 by Antonio Stravardi, it's perfectly made. Still, with the original varnish, he has cherished and guarded it well. With his artistic expertise, he could even make the worst instrument sing, but place the finest in his hands and the results are sublime. It's now January 12, 2007. A crowded metro station becomes an experimental venue as Joshua Bell again picks up his bow, the violin case open at his feet. For 43 minutes, he infuses the air with unmistakably inspired sounds. Rushing, a thousand and one things on his mind, scurrying. She's got no time to waste. Work, can't be late. More than a thousand people hurry past, each following their own important agenda. They barely notice the street musician, nor do they care. In concert halls, he's acknowledged and appreciated, but here, no one even knows his name. He's received the applause of thousands, but here, not a single accolade. Perhaps, with his success, he is even wealthy by many standards, but here, he's mistaken for a mere street musician trying to earn a meager living. He's been given the highest honors and awards, but here no one has the time to devote more than a fleeting thought to his incredible musical artistry. The celebrated is placed away from the spotlight. He becomes irrelevant. The esteemed is removed from where is expected and appears where is unorthodox. His ability becomes insignificant. The priceless is no longer revered. The beauty is no longer admired or even observed. In other places, this man and his music would be at the least respected, perhaps even held in awe. But it's a different corner of the world, and here he is but a distraction, possibly even an annoying delay. Yet he portrays the arrangements of Bach and Schubert with the same finesse and the same intensity as always. And now consider Jesus. It's eternity past. The scene unfolds on heaven's streets. The angel's robes are shimmering, the walls glisten, and the river sparkles. Light bounces and reflects off seemingly every surface. A choir like you've never heard fills the air with songs of worship and adoration. A holy awe drenches the atmosphere. The Father smiles. 
His Son is front and center. Jesus, in highest heaven adored, celebrated and exalted, the only Son, the perfect Prince, all of heaven glorifies Him. Now, walk through history to about 4 BC. It's Bethlehem, cramped, crowded, people everywhere, donkeys braying, children crying, shouts in the marketplace, everyone rushing, pushing, shoving. It's into this crazy world that Jesus comes. From the adoration of angels to the indifference of an innkeeper, from the center of the universe to the corner of a stable, from the perfect symphonies of heaven's choirs to his mother's quiet lullabies, from the companionship of his heavenly father to become a carpenter's son. In heaven, he is known. On earth, he goes unnoticed. In heaven, he receives constant praise, but on earth, he's banished to a barn. In heaven, he witnessed the beginning of time. On earth, only his mother, Joseph, and a few shepherds even take notice of his birth. In heaven, he accepts the devotion of the celestial. On earth, he's not given a single welcome. It's now December 2021. Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father. He sustains galaxies and answers prayers simultaneously. He feeds the sparrows and pours out blessings on the spotlight of his creation. He clothes lilies and guides a doctor's hand. He sends rain and shields a child from harm. He intercedes for us and he heals a broken heart. He creates new life and provides for a forgotten family. In heaven, saints cast their crowns at his feet. Angels still worship him continually. But on earth, no one notices his handiwork. Oh, he's here, but no one sees him. We expect him in heaven. He's God. That's where he's supposed to be, keeping the world together, whatever it is he does. But there's no time or use for looking here. Santa Claus and reindeer are everywhere. Wish lists become the focus and handing them out becomes the goal. Shopping, grabbing, scrambling, spending. The holiday frenzy has come in full array. And we trade the eternal Son of God for the seasonal excitement of trees and presents. The reason we breathe is denied access to our festivities. Yes, he's still God, doing what he's always done. In heaven adored, on earth ignored. In heaven appreciated, on earth overlooked. In heaven loved, on earth rejected. Known well in the halls of heaven, but seemingly a stranger to us. Because if we really knew him, if we had encountered the Savior who left splendor to be born in squalor, we would welcome him into our hearts, into our homes, and into our Christmas. It's so easy, especially this time of the year, to forget Jesus, to have everything else grab for our attention, and to just push aside who he is and what he's done for us, and the miracle that he came, that he left everything as God of everything. The Bible says that he was there in the beginning and that everything was made by him. Creator of everything, sustainer of everything, receiver of constant praise, and he left it for us. The purpose of this podcast today is to bring your attention back to the reason we even have Christmas the real reason, not the presents and the trees and all of that stuff, but Jesus, to bring your attention back to him. So take just a moment more and listen to the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. 
This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. My challenge to you today is to make sure that in this season, especially in this season, to make sure that Jesus is recognizable in your festivities, in your traditions, in your family gatherings, in your gift giving, in your in everything that you do this Christmas. Don't let it be so busy and so full of everything but Jesus that you don't even see him at work around you and that it's not even evident that you're worshiping him or that you adore him. But push some things aside. Make a conscious decision and a dedicated effort to make sure that Jesus is seen. As the spoken words that I shared today showed, it's so easy for us to get so used to a certain thing being a certain way. When we're at church, we recognize Jesus. We worship Jesus because that's where he is, right? We find him at church. But the truth of it is he is supposed to be in every aspect of our lives, Monday through Saturday, as well as on Sunday. He doesn't live in that church building. He lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he deserves that constant praise and that adoration. The same praise that he gets in heaven, that constant acknowledgement of who he is and what he's done for us. He's he gets that from angels and he hasn't even done for the angels what he's done for us. The angels didn't need redemption, but we were enemies of God. And then he came, he left the angels and the perfection of heaven to rescue a people who were at odds with God. That deserves attention. That deserves to be showcased on Christmas. That deserves to be glorified and worshiped and honored. He deserves that. So I want to challenge you, make room for him this Christmas. It may be the first Christmas that you have served him, and it may be you're, you're feeling a little awkward or you're feeling a little nervous about sharing him in front of your family or your friends, but please do it because he did it for you. Showcase him in your Christmas. Lift him up in your celebrations. Share with your friends, your family, your world, who Jesus is and what he has done for you and what he can do for them. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Galatians 4, 4 and 5. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I challenge you to put Jesus on display this Christmas.